I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hey everyone, and welcome to the 39th episode of Pixels. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja, and today I'm going to be doing an episode all alone. Um, there's not a huge amount of news, and uh, I figured we didn't necessarily need an episode that was regular length, so this is probably going to be a little bit shorter. So I'm going to go through, uh, uh, you know, all of the tidbits that we've had since uh, the the giant uh, E3 episode with. Uh, Scott Johnson. I hope you enjoyed that one, by the way. If, if you haven't listened, go and listen to it. Uh, we summarized all of the important info on uh, from E3, from all of the major conferences. So again, go listen to that now if you haven't done so already. Um, but if you are here for what's coming up next, um, we have a bunch of little bits of news. We have some um, sort of cleanup from E3, not a lot, but a, a few things I wanted to mention. Uh, some general news about gaming uh, in general, as I just said. And also, um, I wanted to cover a story that's been making a little bit of noise in the past week or so uh, that totally Talks about the gray market and um, key PC key resellers, basically, essentially Steam keys that you can buy on uh, different sites for very cheap. And uh, some of the publishers, or at least some of the indie developers, have been speaking out against those some of those sites. And uh, very specifically, well, I'll I'll get into it in a second. But basically, what's happened was that uh, there was an indie developer that complained that uh, a lot of the the revenue he had uh, he would have accrued was being negated by some illegal trading on uh, another uh, a website that uh, deals in basically illegal keys. Um, that's uh, Tiny Build, which is an indie developer, a company. Um, the CEO is called Alex Nichiporchik. I hope I pronounced this name well. Um, he is accusing the game site G2A of basically robbing the company of over $400,000 uh, in lost revenue, uh, basically because of some of the, the game keys they sold on their site, uh, G2A, were fraudulent. A lot of them, apparently, if it amounts to that amount of money. And um, it's, it's a little bit of a complicated story. And I'm going to talk about this specific event uh, for just a second. And then I'm going to go more broadly into the issues that these sites uh, 
are are creating and why it's considered to be a problem. So hopefully by the end of this, you'll have an understanding of what that gray market uh, uh is creating as issues for the industry and maybe, you know, being helped by some members of the industry. So basically, um, it, Nichi Porchik uh, started by uh, accusing G2A of using uh, fraudulent, uh, fraudulent, or of selling fraudulent keys that were acquired by stolen credit cards by some of its users. And uh, he accused them in a blog post. The initial response from G2A was very cold, almost, uh, well, it was dismissive. There's, there's no two way, uh, two ways about it. And, um, then he responded, uh, they said, G2A said, uh, they were happy to work with anyone who had issues and their service was legal. And if he, the, the developer didn't want to uh, have these issues, then they, they should, first of all, he said the, the value was inflated, which I can believe because he calculated all of the keys that were sold at maximum uh, retail price, which... I can imagine there were some promotions or things like that. Um, and then he said that they would be happy to work with him to invalidate some of the keys. But he, they also said that some of the keys uh, were not, uh, you know, he hadn't sold that many. Uh, it was a lot of he said, she said. Ultimately, a couple of days ago, what happened was that um, it seems the uh, wind of bad PR has blown on G2A. And they are saying now that they are ready to work with Tiny Build to resolve this issue and to work with uh, developers in general to make sure that those, you know, fraudulent keys aren't easily found on their on their site. Now it has to. It remains to be seen if that's actually going to happen. Um, and apparently, uh, Tiny Build at least is skeptical that this is going to happen. There were some, again, some back and forth. G2A was saying they were happy to work with him, but he was saying they he would need to use the uh, payment system that G2A uses only, and that isn't possible for the way they operate. And so, basically, this is a whole mess. But I think the mo more interesting uh question that came out of all of it is to take a look at sites like G2A, which I'm sure many of us have heard about because they are uh, very regular sponsors of streamers, of esports team, and that's how they get visibility mostly. Uh, so there's G2A, there's Kinguin, and a bunch of other sites that sell keys for cheaper than what you can find on Steam. Um, so I'm I'm basing uh, my analysis here, my my retelling of the situation uh, on a lot of articles I've read and a, a brilliant article by uh, Canard PC, which is a French publication uh, that is a paper publication. Actually, if you can believe it, they ha have a, a, an actual paper version and no website yet. Um, but they made uh, an article, a 10-page article specifically on this, and it's available uh, for free 
free to download on their website currently. And it describes the entire situation really well. So if you want to have a precise uh, uh, look into all of this and you speak French, go to Canard PC's website. Um, but so gathering this and a lot of information I've had from other sources, I, I hope I'm going to be able to tell you what this whole thing is about. Basically, um, the base... The, the initial thing to, to know is that no one should ever buy a key from Steam. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say no one should buy a key from Steam on, um, except when there are sales, which, by the way, the sales are happening now, so go buy games if you want them. Um, but what I should say is that Steam is always uh, using the full price of the game, the, the recommended price of the game, outside of the sale period. So there are ways of finding games uh, cheaper, even absolutely legal and approved ways of finding the games cheaper in other uh, on other sites. One of them could be Green Man, Green Man uh, uh, gaming and um, a disclaimer our friend uh, James is working at uh, Green Man Gaming so that's why their name came to me uh, first but um, I think CD Keys is an official reseller as well and there are there are a number of others so those sites uh, just have deals with the publishers the publishers give them gives them the keys for a discounted price and it's basically everyone's happy you enter the key on Steam it's fine. The The sites that are creating issues are uh, sites like G2A and Kingwing. And there are a number of uh, different <laughs> levels of problems that these sites uh, uh, create. Some of them are minor. Some of them are can be pretty major. The, the first one I, I would talk about is the fact that they don't pay VAT. And the issue is if you have, they are usually incorporated uh, in Asia, very often in Hong Kong. And the sites that try to operate from within the European Union it, are, are, I'm talking about the EU, I'm sure it's the same in, in the US, but specifically it's because of the issue of VAT. And the VAT is left to the the person the person who purchases the uh, item to declare, and obviously the sites that are incorporated in in other countries don't really care about this all that much. So they say, you know, say where you live, say how much you need to pay for VAT, and you know, it will you will have to pay for it. But obviously, most people don't, and in the the sites that operate in Europe don't really have a similar choice because they have to to declare it on their business. So I guess, you know, that is welcome to the internet and that's that's life. So it's not a huge issue, but it's kind of um, uh, an unfair advantage that they would have. But again, I don't think that's the key issue here. It's just worth mentioning for those who try and, and operate in Europe. Um, because obviously... If you are living in Europe, you should be paying VAT by yourself. It's just that no one cares. Um, second issue is that, and the main issue, is that these sites are uh, basically people to people. They're like an eBay of um, key selling. And so you have a key that you want to sell. You go on the site, create an account, and... Um, say, I'm selling it for that much, someone buys it, you send it to them, 
you got rid of your key you didn't want, the person on the other end got the key for cheaper, everyone's happy, the market wins. The problem is, uh, obviously, it's not how it works mostly. Uh, first of all, I would... I guess I could imagine that someone who got a key as a gift wouldn't want it, or maybe you have a, a PC game that you bought um, that you already, someone gave you, you know, gifted you a box and you already had it. So you want to sell the key and that's a way of selling it. I can see a few cases where this could be useful, but I don't think it's the majority of cases. I mean, I, other than this, I really have to scratch my head and, and wonder to find uses for this kind of thing because most of the time you're going to be buying the game for yourself or maybe giving it to a friend that you know doesn't have the game. And so anyway, it's not a huge amount of instances where you have you would have a use for a site that allows you to sell to someone else unless you're doing it uh, professionally, which is fine as well, I suppose. But here we get into the crux of the issue, which are the way people are getting those keys to resell. And um, I'm going to list a number of them here. And um, basically by order of uh, frowned uponness, I guess. <laughs> it's a... Uh, sorry, I have to drink a little bit when you do a show alone. Your throat gets really dry. Um, so... Frowned uponness is the new metric that I'm gonna institute in this uh, in this episode. Um, the the least frowned upon method, I guess, would be um, people who buy games when they're on sale on sale uh, on Steam, for example. Um, you gift them to yourself, so you get the key, and then you wait a couple of months and you sell them when the prices are higher. That's you know. A little bit cheeky, I suppose, but I think it's okay. You, you, that's that. There's no rule or even moral that would say you can't do that. Um, another one is the the uh, people buying uh, batches of keys from other markets. So, um, as we know, we have uh, different prices in different markets, and a game might cost you less if you buy it in the the, the Middle East, or maybe actually more in the Middle East, ironically, but uh, less in in the in Eastern Europe or in Russia or in South America. And then if you buy if you buy the same game in uh, North America or um, Europe, and we might want to argue that that's that, that shouldn't happen. But I think market segmentation is, is a reality, and there I'm not going to go into why you would like to sell the same product at different prices. Uh, but that's a different conversation. The reality is the 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 publishers. And everyone does it that way, and it is necessary for the markets to to function um, the way they do. And again, if we want to argue about that, we could go into another discussion. But the reality of this is um, some people are buying enormous amounts of keys in markets where the games are sold a lot cheaper and then selling them at a profit on these platforms. So that is another way that is kind of, I would say, a little bit more frowned upon. Um, uh, uh, another one, which we're going higher in the, in the frowned upon um, uh, metric here, is people buying multiple uh, humble bundles or other type of bundles when they are available. 
right? So you have uh, bundles that give you keys for Steam and they are super cheap and you get a bunch of games and there are people that go in, swoop a number of them and then separate the keys and then resell them on these uh, on these sites. Again, I don't think it's illegal per se, but we're definitely getting into morally gray territory. I think at this point, the bundles are kind of a, a cool deal that you make for yourself. And if everyone does this, then economically, everything falls apart. It doesn't make sense if all of a sudden the the prices of the, the bundles become the prices that everyone has access to. Or maybe you have a small, uh, you know, a, a small additional uh, amount for the person who does the operation then the economy of the games industry collapses or you know maybe it doesn't collapse but at least you can't really do the 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 bundles anymore because it just artificially lowers the prices of everything else so the bundles have protection about uh, against these kinds of things but obviously it's difficult and uh sometimes that's one of the sources of the keys that are being sold on those websites um Another, we have uh, two uh, additional uh, examples I want to to give here. Um, another one, which is definitely illegal and morally reprehensible, um, and and that apparently constitutes a, a big portion of the keys being sold on on those sites, is keys being bought with uh, credit cards. Uh, there's a big issue that the publishers have with credit card purchases in general, which is the chargeback issue. Um, basically, it means that someone uh, gets a uh, stolen credit card number from somewhere with all the detail they need to um, purchase something. They buy digital goods like uh, keys for games and receive the key immediately. They get the, the key very quickly. However, um, when the, the, I mean, at that point, you're like, well, the, key, the, the credit card is going to get signaled and this is going to go away. Yes, of course, the money gets charged back to the owner of the credit card. So the um, publisher or the indie developer or whoever um, is out that money. But the, the key, obviously, is already given out. So you could invalidate the key, but then the person often it, it's already sold and the person who's bought it doesn't necessarily know that it was bought from a stolen credit with a stolen credit card and that it was charged back. Um, that happened to, I believe, Ubisoft and maybe even EA uh, in the past few months where lots of uh, credit cards were used at the same time to buy keys that were resold very quickly. And by the time you realize what's happening, um, you have a bunch of customers that have bought keys from, you know, shifty sites, but they still thought they were getting, they don't know that they're getting something that was stolen. And what do you do when you're the publisher? You're out the money, um, but do you actually create a horrible uh, user experience and deactivate the games for those people? Yeah, I guess you should. And in some cases, and certainly some of them did, but... When you're an indie developer, the story is a lot more complicated because you don't have as much, uh, you know, financial stability. Uh, so that is a big problem. And I'm not 
100% sure how it is possible to resolve unless the those sites actively work or have a system in place to deal with this. And 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 even then I'm sure it would some of them would still get through. Um the last one I want to talk about which is I think the most despicable of all of them um is uh streamers and uh YouTubers who request keys for reviews uh promising that or you know even mentioning that they're gonna they they're interested in the game uh from an this obviously is for indie developers that it's the most damaging again um and they don't <laughs> you saw this coming they don't use the game they don't review it they just sell the key and that is horrendous and i understand that you know streamers it's a hard life it's not easy to make enough money and if you can sell a bunch of keys for a couple hundred bucks every month it it makes life easier but wow that is i mean that is definitely uh i would estimate this to be stooping pretty low so i guess you you have a pretty clear idea of why these sites can become uh, problems when the origins of the keys are as diverse let's say uh, now it's it could be possible for the publishers or even steam to put an end to this it could be possible for example for um keys purchased in a different region to not be activatable in an account that is not from that region or you know create zones and I'm the first person to say that I dislike these kinds of things, the the zones and all of it, but I understand why it could be necessary in this case, and maybe it could be uh, uh, there could be a middle ground somewhere that would make uh, this more difficult and the 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 system function a little better. Um, the publishers could do the same thing, however. Uh, they also have motivation to not do it. Oh, yeah, by the way, Steam touts its numbers. So, I mean, I'm sure there could be an argument to be made that these uh, people are, would, st if they couldn't get the keys for these prices, then they would start pirating the game and you wouldn't be, uh, you know, things wouldn't be that different for the uh, indie dev or the publisher. I suppose I could understand this argument. Uh, and in that way, uh, Steam and Valve are getting these customers into the system. They have over 100 million uh, accounts right now. Um, so they're getting people into the system and it's better than if they're not. And obviously it's better for Steam because <laughs> they're on Steam. Um, publishers similarly could uh, put an end to all of this but um, I'm sure you've often wondered why your well I'm sure you know that your games if you buy them on the publisher's platform like Origin or UB Play or whatever they are um, they're not cheaper than a, a retail copy which doesn't make sense the retail obviously the retail copy incurs a lot more costs than just uh, you know a few bits you have to send through the the interwebs uh, the issue is the retail still matters a lot and the publishers are cutting deals with the retailers to make sure that the prices are the same on both platforms um, and you don't uh, see the retailers disadvantaged too much or more than they already are. Um, 
in that way. And so that that works, but the publishers, I'm sure, also would like to sell their products to people who have less money. Um, and that, those systems, uh, selling to gray markets and maybe seeing them come back to the um, uh, white markets, um, helps them sell those games to people in those markets where the prices are high because of the retailers, uh, but that don't have the same uh, amounts of cash. So maybe they also don't have an incentive to uh, combat this too fiercely. So yeah, it's a, it's a complicated issue for sure. Um, I don't know that I have a solution or even, honestly, I, I'm coming down on on G2A and Kingwin, and I think what they're doing is more on the side of, uh, <laughs> how did I put it, uh, frowned upon-ness than not. Uh, I don't see those. I mean, I'm certainly, I, I have never gone to those sites because I knew, that, you know, I had heard that they were shifty, and I, I buy some keys sometimes from other sites, but those that are uh, uh, specifically, well, those that are, these ones, let's put it the way it is, seem to be um, a little bit less on the, the right side of morals. And I wouldn't be comfortable... I'm not comfortable going there. I think it's mostly uh, problematic. What they're doing is problematic. And um, But, you know, that's my judgment. Maybe I would be happy to, get, to be convinced otherwise. Uh, maybe I'm seeing this the wrong way. And... Um, I I don't really have a solution. Most of all, I don't know what the 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 exact uh, way to fix this problem is. Uh, and if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't even know that what they're doing is completely out of the bounds. It's just my feeling as I'm I've been reading about all of this. But um, so yeah, it's it's again complicated, and I'll leave you to. Uh, make your own judgment on all of this and again if you have uh, other information please or you know if you agree with me if you have uh, uh, information that goes in this direction of the analysis or uh, if you contradict it please come let me know on on twitter or somewhere else i'm always happy to hear dissenting opinions um the rest of the show is going to be a little bit uh, quicker. Uh, first of all, uh, looking at E3 again, our friend uh, ZooGX uh, Daniel, that was on the show a few weeks ago, um, made a summary of the number of new IPs we had at E3. It was 60 new IPs total, which amounts to about, let's say, roughly 30%, uh, between a, a fourth and a third of the games presented at the, the five big conferences were uh, new IPs. I think that's an okay number, um, especially if you want to make a big splash. It's difficult to do it with something that people have never heard about before. But um, some people are you know, always complaining that uh, it's nothing but sequels and, uh, and follow-ups and remakes. And I guess two-thirds to three-quarters is a lot, certainly. But um, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it, again, it's something that everyone will have to judge uh, on their own. I don't think it's that that 
little when we have a, a quarter or a, a third of uh, of the games that are completely new and that we've never heard about before. Um, Sony had the most of them with 44%. Microsoft and Ubisoft sit at about 30, a little bit under. Um, EA is a little bit under 20% of new IPs and Bethesda had none. So it's interesting that we saw um, a lot of love for Bethesda, but they have nothing new <laughs> to show. Well, new games, but not new IPs. Um, and uh, the other thing is there are... We talked a lot about the Xbox Play Anywhere uh, uh, during E3, which allows you to start a game on an Xbox and... Uh, Play it on the on your Windows PC and have a cross save basically. And there are just a reminder that there are a dozen games that work like that. It's not going to be the entire um, library of Xbox that's going to work like that. So um, what we have right now is Gears of War four, uh, four, Forza Horizon three, Recore, Sea of Thieves, and a number of others. But yeah, it's a dozen games. So hopefully there will be more. I think the functionality is really cool, um, but it's not all of them. Um, a couple of games that were that were didn't get a lot of uh, press at E3, but I think are are worth mentioning. Uh, Bound was on Sony's stage, and uh, it's a very strange and beautiful game where you basically play a ballerina, where you can. Um, run jump and dance like one of your button actually makes you dance and if you haven't uh seen this game it's the kind of it's almost you know it's those weird um uh, beautiful little indie experiments that we see from time to time like uh journey and you know the i'm sure you know which type of games i'm talking about uh go check it out bound looks really strange and and interesting i don't know how well it will play how fun it will be but it certainly looks like something that uh is is worth investigating or at least worth looking at i would say um morphe's law actually wasn't really at e3 but it's a weird fps where when you shoot an enemy in the part of the body that you shoot becomes bigger for you so let's say you're super good and you shoot all of your enemies in the head really quickly then your head is going to become bigger and easier to to aim for and it creates you know these weird morphology uh, aberrations if someone shot someone else in the in the, the the legs all the time they would have gigantic legs um the graphical style is very simple. It's not a triple A game for sure. So it's not like, it's not going to be a broad appeal kind of game. But I just thought that the, um, the, the mechanics of it are so weird that I wanted to, uh, to mention it. Um, no Man's Sky has been embroiled in a ridiculous battle with Sky, the um, media company or the satellite company, because Sky was saying they owned the word Sky. And thankfully, that was resolved, and the uh, game No Man's Sky is going to be able to be released. Uh, but a lot of people have been wondering if the delay for the game to uh, to uh, August wasn't due to that, rather than uh, development issues or more time to to prepare for it. So that was an interesting tidbit as well. Um, that is obviously quite ridiculous. They shouldn't be able to own the name Sky, but uh, apparently they have good lawyers. 
Anyway, it was resolved. Um, Overwatch is getting its competitive play. Uh, it's now in the P on the PTR. It's being tested. There are some improvements and some um, issues still. Uh, overall, it seems to be working okay. And it's likely that it's going to launch... I think it's going to launch uh, this Tuesday with the... Uh, you know, the, the maintenance, uh, we'll see, but probably once you listen to this show, um, the, the competitive mode will be available in Overwatch. So you can go check that out. Um, I also saw something that, that made me, um, immensely happy, which was just a, a skin, a tracer skin for, uh, the character Cammy in Street Fighter V. Um, it's basically just, it makes that character look like tracer. It's a super well done, um, skin, but, it's not like Tracer is in Street Fighter with this uh, this mod. It's a mod available on PC only, obviously. Um, and it's it's still Cammy. It's still the same character, but it makes me pine for Blizzard Fighter. Like no, you know, I knew I wanted one, but just seeing this makes me want one like even more than before. It's um, it. it just go look at it, check it out if you if you can. Um, I, I can't wait for something like that to happen. Um, anyway, I, I could talk about this forever. I did in Overwatchers. If you're interested in Overwatch, go listen to Overwatchers on uh, amove.tv. Fantastic uh, Overwatch podcast, if I may say so myself. Um, Marvel, uh, talking about fighting games, Marvel has stated that they are aware people want uh, Marvel versus Capcom. They don't have any plans yet, but they're keeping an eye on it. So if you are a Capcom, a Marvel versus Capcom fan, there might be hope, um, given that they're now working with uh, reputable developers for their games at Marvel Games. Um, we might see some high quality stuff coming from, from them. That would be good. Oculus had changed, they have changed uh, their DRM policies to uh, prevent the hardware uh, DRM. Basically, it is now, I'm going to simplify it, but it's now possible again to uh, relatively easily play your the games that were exclusive to the Rift on your HTC Vive. And uh, it was a strange move. They didn't uh, announce it. They didn't ex explain it. But I suspect that... Um, either they realized that put them as a, at a disadvantage... Um, because, you know, if you can play all of the games on... It, well... Hmm. They were getting bad press. Let's let's put it like that. And the the hardware DRM was defeated anyway, so it's not really something that uh, was bringing any benefits to them. Uh, probably, I think they still have soft software DRM, which puts a little bit of a barrier to entry to playing the games on other um, on other headsets, basically the Vive, but not so much that it becomes a. a bad you just need to hmm, find the right tool which is easy to do but it still makes it so the games are protected officially so i guess that's a good thing but uh, yeah um sony's twin stick shooter uh, it's a moba basically it's called kill, kill strain and it's coming to the playstation 4 on july uh, 19 and i uh, wait is it a free to play i wasn't too excited about it but um 
I I watched the video again and it looks kind of cool, kind of cool. So um, yeah, if you if you're in for if you think a, a, a twin stick shooter could be fun, a, a twin stick shooter MOBA, basically you know what a twin stick shooter is, right? But this is a MOBA and you move with one stick and shoot within the direction that you're shooting with the other. I think it could be fun. I'm I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna try it. Mighty number nine is finally out and uh, hmm, not getting great reviews. It's uh, <clears throat> it's kind of sad. It was a Kickstarter that, um, it, you know, promised to recreate the magic of the Mega Man series. And the, the, the reality, apparently, uh, it was delayed a million times. And um, it when it's finally released, it's not horrible but it's getting you know fives and four and five and sixes and uh that's usually not a great uh a great sign the the backers also didn't get the right dlc initially there were issues in the launch um yeah that's not the best kickstarted game that we've ever seen let's let's put it like that um on the other hand uh we've seen the demo for bloodstained which i didn't back mighty number nine i did back bloodstained and um bloodstained is getting you know the demo is certainly nothing fancy but uh it's at least apparently exactly what people are asking for which is a very uh classical castlevania game so we'll see how it goes this is only a demo but um it's apparently a little bit more uh, uh, in line with what people were hoping than um, what you know than Mighty Number no. Nine. The demo is only accessible to uh, higher-paying uh, backers, so I don't have access to it. Uh, Fable Fortune, 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 <laughs> Fable Fortune is uh, has canceled their Kickstarter. We talked about it a month ago. We said it wasn't starting well. Uh, well, they realized that and canceled it but they have found other other funding don't know if microsoft is actually um is actually you know uh, paying for it but um yeah they have they have other means so there you go it, it's not that big of a surprise um, for Street Fighter V, going back to that, um, there's improvement to the netcode finally coming with the summer update that is uh, going to include the cinematic story, uh, that big thing that we uh, have all been waiting for. And um, apparently we're also going to get Balrog um, as a character, the boxer, boxer dude. There are naming convention issues between the Japanese and uh, and uh, Western versions. Um so yeah, it's finally gonna arrive. Will this be a relaunch of the game? I don't know. They really have to do a lot of work if they want to change people's opinion about this game, but I'm certainly gonna go and check it out again. Um, I don't think we have the date for that update. It it was supposed to arrive in June. Maybe it's still gonna make it. We have a few days, but um, yeah, it's it's coming fairly soon. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Tencent bought Supercell from... Um, SoftBank. That is, in my eyes, uh, Supercell is the only mobile make big successful uh, mobile games company that actually knows what they're doing. I'm I'm I've said that a few times. I think I think King is 
not a fluke maybe, but they have one formula that was there at the right time and they haven't been able to reproduce it with other types of games. Um, same with Rovio, they were Angry Birds and they were there when it was, uh, uh, you know, when it needed to be there. Um, Supercell has made consi consistently good games that are also free to play and might you know push in the free to play area a little bit more than we would like but they're certainly they have the gameplay behind it to uh to hold uh the entire uh experience so uh yeah good for tencent um they are a gaming giant by the way they own riot which makes uh league of legends and I, my hope is that uh, SoftBank wasn't the right place for Supercell to go beyond what it had already done now. It has grown a lot in the past few years, but now maybe if they have a um, steward that is into the games industry and that understands that market, maybe they're going to be able to grow within that market as well and not just as a, uh, a, a you know app unicorn nugget that uh, SoftBank has. And, and that grew on its own. So we'll see what uh, what happens happens there. Um, I'm coming back to uh, oh, Twitch is also cracking down on view butters, and that's about damn time, I would say. Um, and the other thing, I won't go too, too too much into detail into this, but I will also talk about. Capcom, I wanted to mention this with uh, Street Fighter V. I'll do it now. There has been uh, pretty ridiculous communication mishaps between the community team in the US and the community team in Japan. Basically, um, the, the one has been saying one thing and the other has been saying another thing about a couple of different topics. And, you know, it was things like this character will be available there and this uh, issue with the game or this characteristic of the game was available by design. And the other the other team is saying, no, 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 actually, it was a, a mistake. So and they have been answering one another saying Because of the other team, we have this issue, especially in the character announcement. Ibuki, which was announced to be available at a certain date, then was uh, that information was um, contradicted by the Japanese team saying the U.S. community team has uh, inaccurately stated or, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically that's what they said. And uh, this makes me really sad It's, I mean, Capcom is a community that I love, is a, is a company that I love. Street Fighter V is a game that I, I, I mean, Street Fighter is a franchise I love. Street Fighter V is a game I want to love. Uh, but these kinds of things makes me very worried for the management and the company. You know, when you have a community team that is allowed to uh, run amok being children, essentially, it makes you wonder Is there an adult in the in that place? Is there someone actually overseeing this and calling the the end of recess? Uh, when the first thing happened, when uh, you know the U.S. apparently said something they shouldn't have, you should coordinate your messaging and say, 
everyone says the same thing. You you put out a, a piece of messaging saying, we mistakenly said this. It doesn't matter if it's the US or Japan or whoever. We mistakenly announced this because of this reason. Sorry, we were over-enthusiastic. Uh, actually, it will come out here and we're happy that you're so excited. Uh, don't worry, there are just a, a couple more weeks to wait. You're done. You don't go and say that the the US team made a mistake. What is this? Are we in, in, in like the kindergarten? Are you pulling the other's pigtails? No, that's when you're in love. But you, you know what I mean. And for it to happen again with that, um, it was basically an issue with the uh, frame delay or the frame buffer in, in the game. And one team said something, the other one said, well, no, actually it was because of this and that. What are you doing? Stop for a second. Don't go and mouth off in front of the, the, the press. Maybe that's my, my PR training speaking here, but it gives a terrible image of your company and your game. No one benefits from this. So anyway, I, I wanted to mention it because I think this is a, a serious mishap in what is already a, a terrible launch for Capcom, a very serious mistake uh, for the company. And I can't believe that there isn't someone, you know, higher up managing the the community or communications team, uh, calling everyone in one room or one conference call and saying, we're done with this bullcrap. You know, from now on, uh, we all are on the same uh, messaging line and the same team. Anyway, it's I, I'm, I'm my mind was blown blown when I saw this, and and again the second time, it's and it's not about uh, you know the the little squabbles between the two teams. I don't really care about that. What worries me is that there isn't someone in charge. Uh, at that in that department in that company and it worries me for the company uh, more broadly so anyway my rant is over i've said my piece i hope you enjoyed this show and you learned a, a couple of things uh please please let me know if you um if no don't let me know but do come and tell me uh, what you thought about the show and if you have uh, additional information on any on these topics you can uh come in and holler at me on twitter i'm not patrick on twitter i'm not patrick on facebook as well um if you want to hear more about my thoughts and rants uh, um, you can listen to, for example, the Phileas Club, where we, we're going to be talking about uh, the Brexit. The, the show is going to be recorded in about 24 hours, roughly, uh, if everything goes well. Um, and we're going to be talking about all of this obviously not specifically about video games uh, although the video games industry is impacted as well with you know there are going to be uh, uh, there's uncertainty in financing there are tax relief issues there's hiring which is probably going to get harder but beyond that we're going to be talking about uh, the Brexit on the Fides Club with uh, people from different countries in the world how we perceived it what we thought of it uh, if you're interested in this uh, now is the time to go listen to the Fides Club it's available at frenchspin.com uh, same as this show pixels so i really hope you go check it out it's it sounds super serious it is and it's also really fun so i hope you you go check it out and you enjoy it and uh if your thing is more um blizzard games you can listen to the instance which i do with scott johnson and you can listen to overwatchers which uh, i do with um garrett Wendrell. obviously i'm 
I didn't mention Terpster and, and uh, Willie Deals for the instance and um, Chris Chanman V for over, Overwatchers, but you know all of this, obviously. So uh, anyway, thank you so much. I hope you, you enjoyed this show. And uh, I'm going to go drink a gallon of water because my throat, my throat is dying. I can't speak anymore. And uh, I will speak to you again in a couple of weeks for another episode of Pixels. We'll have a more traditional one then. Talk to you then. Bye.